I recently helped hundreds of people achieve more in a few months than they had the previous several years. And now I'm getting ready to open up another challenge where I want to help you do the same. Here is actually a short testimonial of someone who was in that challenge. This challenge was hands down the best thing I did all year. And I appreciate the time, energy, and heart that you put into it. My name is Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I'm an organizational psychologist and best-selling author of many books that have now sold millions of copies. Click the link down below and watch this free training where I will show you these frameworks on how you can achieve more in the next 90 days than you possibly have in the last five to 10 years. Click the link down below and watch the training before it goes away. Hello and welcome to the Be Your Future Self podcast. I'm Dr. Benjamin Hardy, author of Be Your Future Self Now. Be sure to visit futureself.com where you can get the one-page Future Self checklist as well as the full Future Self course and other amazing goodies. All of these are free at futureself.com. All you have to do is put your email in. You'll get an email with a bunch of amazing goodies, the one-page Future Self checklist, the full Future Self course, which will change your life, and other things such as the Peak State checklist and my ebook Slipstream Time Hacking, futureself.com. Let's go ahead and jump into this episode of the Be Your Future Self podcast. Nine fast principles and strategies to become a millionaire. Number one is that you have to want it. There's a great book called It's Not How Good You Are, It's How Good You Want to Be by Paul Arden. One of the best books ever. Get this book. It's not how good you are. It's how good you want to be. It's a small, fun book. But one of the things he talks about in that book is that basically everyone who becomes successful or wealthy or powerful in any way did so because they wanted to. And we all become the product of our desires. And if you don't want to become successful, you won't. And so we all have stories in our minds. We all have stories and values in our mind. And a lot of the stories that people have is that wealth or success is bad. That's not necessarily true. If you want to be successful, if you want to make money and use that, you obviously you want to have a why behind it. What is the why? What is the final cause? As Aristotle would say. But first and just fu fundamental thing is just that you have to want it. And you have to train that desire. Your desire is something you can train. Dan Sullivan calls this wanting what you want. If you want something macro, you can do things in the micro that you don't want. For example, if you are fully committed and you want to be healthy, then in the short run, you can do things you don't necessarily want to do in the moment, like have a really rigorous workout. And that's what the research on future self shows, is that when you're committed and connected to your bigger picture or macro future self, your micro decisions and behaviors, your present actions and behaviors will be powerful. This is the idea of when the why is strong enough, you can bear almost any how. Also with the hope research, when the why is strong enough, you will find the how, you'll innovate. Necessity is the mother of invention. It's not about the initial thing that you want. It's about the bigger thing that you want. And when you're clear on what you bigger picture want, what you most value, you will be willing to do practically anything in the short run to do it. So if you have a very compelling future, you can handle any present. Number one, you have to want it. You have to be clear on why you want it. Napoleon Hill in Think and Grow Rich would call this money consciousness. It's just the idea that you want and commit to having capital for one reason or another. You, want, you have to want to be successful. That's step number one. Number two, you have to commit. As people, we are what we're most committed to. Our identity is what we're most committed to. It's the story. And so committing means that you reach the threshold where you make the decision. Once you make the decision, you start to remove alternative options. Once you reach a place of commitment, it's basically a point of no return. Your orientation towards the world changes. You shift from doing to being because whoever you're being is what you're most committed to. And so once you shift to full commitment, then you start to operate as your future self, your desired future self, and you start to see the world differently. Once you're fully committed, again, when the why is strong enough, you'll find the how. Once you're fully committed, you'll stop avoiding failure. 
Most people are, are, are avoidance-based, where they're avoiding failure, loss, difficulty, embarrassment. Once you get to full commitment, you shift from an avoid orientation to a full approach orientation. That's how motivation is categorized in psychology, is either avoidance-based or approach-based. Once you get fully committed, you then become courageous. Dan Sullivan actually has a four C's model on this, which is beautiful. First commitment, then courage. Then you start to develop new capability and ultimately new levels of confidence at the level of the commitment. So once you get fully committed, then your orientation towards the world changes. You're now a different person because as a person, you are operating based on what you're most committed to. Your identity drives your behavior and your identity is what you're most committed to. In the book, As a Man Thinketh, James Allen says that we do not attract what we want, but what we are. So when you shift your commitment and you're operating as your commitment, then everything you're doing is different. How you do one thing is how you do everything. And Stephen Pressfield actually talks a lot about this. He wrote the book, The War of Art. He also wrote the recent book, which is Put Your Ass Where Your Heart Wants to Be. And that's just a really good book. But basically what he says in that book is that once you shift in commitment, you're now operating in the world as a different person and the world now operates towards you as a different person. This is when you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen or you don't attract what you want, but who you are. So once you shift in commitment, you now do anything and everything differently, which takes us to number three. Number three is about developing a single keystone habit. In the book, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, he talks about how a keystone habit, a keystone is the place on the arch, which is the center stone. And if the keystone is in place, everything else falls into place. And so Charles Duhigg talks about how when you develop a keystone habit, it changes everything in your life. He talks about someone who's super overweight, has bad money problems and bad health problems. They just do one thing. They shift one habit, which could be that they start running or working out or they start listening to good books. They, they start one thing and that one keystone habit creates a cascading effect that ultimately changes everything they do. Because as people, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so if you can find a leverage point or a keystone habit, what's one thing that if you start focusing on it and doing well, it'll change how you do anything and everything. For me, as an example, it's listening to really good books in the morning. If I'm doing that, if I'm listening to really good books in the morning, I'll work out better. I'll remove a lot of useless inputs. I'll, I'll be a lot more motivated and inspired in my work. I'll have lots more creative thoughts. I'll pray more with more boldness and more faith. And so to, you choose your own keystone habit, but it's the idea that if you focus on one thing, a leading indicator, a key thing that if you shift, it'll actually create a cascading effect, changing everything. So choose one keystone habit that is the most important for you. We're all different. Choose the one thing that if you do, it actually impacts and changes everything. The billionaire Gary Keller actually has a great question for this. He says, what is one thing that if you achieve or if you do, it'll, it'll solve all of your other problems? That's the idea of a keystone habit. Number four is eliminate the 80%. According to the 80-20 principle, 80% of your results comes from 20% of what you do. Whereas basically none of your results comes from 80% of what you do. And so when you make your vision really big, when you make your vision of your future self really big, it actually separates the wheat from the chaff. It separates the signal from the noise. If your goals are small, then you don't have to make very many changes, which means it's very difficult to clarify the 80 and the 20. But if you make your goals very, very big, like 10x big, and this is something that actually Dan Sullivan and I talk about in this new book that's coming out in May called 10x is easier than 2x. And there's a lot of research on this, by the way, in constraint theory and decision theory. But if you make your goals very, very, very big, it actually helps you clarify the 80% that doesn't matter from the 20% that really does. Because to have a, a really big goal, a 10x goal, almost everything you're doing won't work. You know, you can't do a thousand things and go 10x. Only a few things very, very well. And so when you make your goals very big, it, it actually illuminates the 80% of things that won't get you here. They may have been things that got you here, but they won't get you there. 80% of your life right now is irrelevant to your 10x future self. And so the faster you start eliminating things from your life, and you can know if something is 
in the 80% because it obviously is opposing your 10x future self. It's something that maybe was useful in the past. It's, it's no longer productive towards your future self. It may have been useful. Even a habit could have been useful, such as going and working out. But now your future self is inviting you to be more meditative, maybe go into yoga. I don't really know. Your 80% is personal to you, and it's based on your future self. But the more you can let go of the 80%, which includes activities, people, habits, even thoughts, belief systems, as you weed out that 80% and go all in on the crucial 20%, and that 20% is much higher leverage, it's much higher value. If you go all in on that, then 10x becomes very easy. So the more you can eliminate the 80% of things in your life that are actually irrelevant to your 10x future self, the faster you'll progress. And the letting go of things, by the way, is probably the hardest part of self-development because the 80% is your identity. It's your comfort zone. It's it's your friend group. It's your habits. And so letting go of the 80%. But the great part is, is you can peel away the layers one at a time. Actually, Michelangelo, who built the famous David statue and painted the Sistine Chapel, he was once asked by the Pope, what is the secret to your genius? And he just, and he was specifically asking about the statue David. And Michelangelo said, I just take away everything that's not David. This relates to the 80% that if you can strip away the 80%, everything that's not the crucial 20%, which is the most relevant to your 10x future self, if you just strip all that away, then you have lots of space to go deep. And you're also stripping away your past self, your past identity, and you're getting much more connected and committed to your future self, which is that 20% going 10x. By the way, quality precedes quantity. This is something that even Mr. Beast and others have talked about is, is it's not about volume. And this is really what the 80-20 principle is all about. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. It's about doing things 10x better, which precedes 10x bigger. If you've read the book Essentialism, which is a beautiful book on the subject, it's all about less but better, doing the few things very, very well. You can't become 10x better at something in that 20% if you're so split focused in the 80%. Also, you can't be in a deep flow state if you're task switching so much. If you have 10 items on your to-do list, I can promise you there's no, not very much flow. Flow is about depth, not breadth. And so... If you have just one or two items on your to-do list, which isn't that 20%, and you go very, very deep, then 10x becomes very possible. Number five is define your future self. So much research on this, but th here's the crucial point, is that your future self is different than anyone else's future self. And so there is no external competition. I actually love this by Naval Ravikant. He said there is no external competition. Life is an inside game. So is your future self. So are your dreams. So are your ambitions. No one else is competing with you. No one has the same goals, dreams, or values as you. And so it's your job to get internal, this is part of peeling away the layers and actually defining for yourself who is your future self in the macro and in the micro. Micro could be in the next year, three months, week, tomorrow. And you wanna visualize at all levels, visualizing your macro future self, your big picture future self, long-term future self, call it 10, 20, 30 years into the future. Who are you? What really matters to your future self? Stephen Covey in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People actually talks about imagining your 80th birthday party and then thinking, what were the most important things you did that people would honor you for? This could be connecting with a big picture future self. But the research shows that the more connected and committed you are to a bigger picture future self, the better decisions you make in the present. This just fits with the, the very first principle and premise that if you have a big, compelling, exciting future, you can handle any present. When the why is strong enough, you'll find the how. When you're clear, committed, aligned, and also desirous and, and committed and excited, then you can bear any how, but also you will find the how. You will find and create the ways to get to your goal if you're committed. If you're committed, you will find the way. That's called pathway snaking in psychology. Key point here is you have to define and choose your future self. You define what you value, what matters to you, and along the way, you will iterate. It's like drafting a book. Along the way, through feedback, through learning, in three months from now, your future self in three months is gonna know a lot of things you don't know. And so they'll be able to clarify and adapt and adjust and iterate the vision 
the idea is, is that you clarify the vision and, and progress forward with an approach orientation, commitment, courage, and then you develop new perspectives, capability, and confidence. And over time, you iterate the vision. That is the key there is it's just your future self will always know things you don't know, but you have to have a future self, commit to it, visualize it. David Goggins actually talks a lot about this, visualizing key milestones. Visualize yourself on that stage or pu- publishing that book or presenting that business deal or presenting the ring to your desired spouse, whatever it is. Visualize specific moments and outcomes and achievements. All right, number six is from a quote by Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar said that you can have anything you want in life if you help the right people get what they want. And so this is about becoming value-based, that it's not just all about you. It's it's actually about you using your skills and abilities to help other people, the right people and as many other people as you want. So if you have a big vision for your future self, the question is, well, who are you going to help such that 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 value returns back to you what you want? Now, this could be in terms of collaboration where you're helping specific people and you're providing your skills to their vision, but it could also be in terms of the people, the general people that you help, either through the products you make, the information you share. So who are you helping and who do you want to help and how do you want to help those people and how do they want to be helped? So just think in terms of you can have anything you want in life if you help the right people get what they want. Number seven is about having lots and lots of time for thinking and learning. So this is the sharp and the saw principle. This is the Abraham Lincoln principle. He said, if you have six hours to chop down a tree, you spend five of those hours sharpening the saw or sharpening the ax, sharpening the blade. And so this is the 80-20 principle again, that 80% of your time in terms of like work time, expansion time, learning time should be learning, thinking, reflecting, strategizing, and having conversations, actually having feedback. So 80% is about learning, transforming, and changing your thinking, your views, and your, your strategy, and your skills. 20% is about actually doing work, like sitting down and doing work. So if the work is to film a video or to write a book or to create a product, that's only 20% of your time. 80% of your time is about adapting, adjusting, improving your thinking, improving your thought process, improving your strategy, improving how you think about things, what you're going for. So 80% is about learning, thinking, growing. 20% is about actually doing. Number eight is about failing as your future self. Josh Waitskin in the book, The Art of Learning, calls this investment in loss. It's just the idea that Failure and adapting is how you really learn. Seth Godin said, if I fail more than you, I win. According to research by Dr. Carol Dweck, people with a growth mindset don't avoid avoid failure. They actually seek it because if you're trying to get things right, if you're trying to learn, if you're trying to adjust, you know that you, you're ignorant. You know that your future self is ignorant. You know your current self is ignorant. You also know that your future self will know a lot more than you if you're willing to have an approach orientation and be committed and be courageous and that you can adapt any forms of quote-unquote failure to learning. You're also not afraid to put out work and get feedback. You're willing to fail as your future self. And so you're not afraid of the short-term repercussions. You're not attached to any outcomes. You're committed, but unattached. So as an example, I'm completely unattached to the outcomes of this particular video, even though I'm committed to my future self. I'm happy to fail on this video. I don't really care what happens on this video. I'm committed to my future self, and I'm willing to fail to get there and then learn and adjust that's part of pathways thinking is taking information from not achieving your goals and getting better and better. When this why is strong enough, you will bear anyhow and you'll find anyhow. Number nine, and this is the last one, if you want to become a millionaire, be successful, is be generous. There's a lot of research on this. Actually, one of my favorite books even on the subject is Thou Shalt Prosper. And it's just the idea that if you are generous, if you give money away, even to charities, to people, if you're generous, It just creates this abundance orientation. Generosity and gratitude are two things that transform your whole belief system around money. Be generous. Tip well. Give money to charities. One of my favorite stories on the subject actually is from a guy named George Cucannon. He believed in the principle of tithing 
And basically he was tithing all sorts of money and his like pastor or leader came to him and he just said, George, and this was like a hundred years ago or something, 200 years ago, but he said, George, your tithing is so much. There's no way that this is 10% of your income. And George Q. Cannon basically just said, this is not 10% of what I make. It's 10% of what I want to make. And so he was being radically generous. He was starting with generosity, starting with abundance. And then through that generosity, he was able to grow. And I've applied this in so many ways, whether it's giving money to an Uber driver to help them in some way. Or, or tithing or donating to my church or to organizations I love. If you have a generosity mindset, if you're generous and if you're grateful, that attracts so much goodness. It, it also just weeds out scarcity thinking when it comes to money. So those are the nine principles if you want to quickly become a millionaire. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Be Your Future Self podcast. I'm Dr. Benjamin Hardy, author of Be Your Future Self Now. Be sure to go to futureself.com, put your email in and get immediate access to all the goodies the one-page Future Self Cheat Sheet, which I recommend you print and put somewhere close by so that you can reference it, the full Future Self course, and other goodies, such as my Peak State Checklist, which has been downloaded almost a million times, and my ebook, Slipstream Time Hacking. Go to futureself.com, get those free goodies, and until next time, be your future self now. Talk to you soon.